can match the Michigan three-point shooter, Luke Hancock, and he's done it to the tune of trying to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, Deceiva. Oh! Oh! Hello and welcome to a celebratory episode of What High School Did You Go To? I am Gabe DeVerge. I am Chris Hatfield. Gabe, I cannot remember two more opposite feelings in back-to-back games for quite some time, to be honest with you. It's quite incredible, Chris. Can't agree with you more. Uh, We are taping this 15 minutes, 20 minutes after Louisville closed the door, slammed the door on the North Carolina Tar Heels, dominating that game 83-62 in a 40-minute just beginning to end domination. Chris, initial thoughts, what 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 do you feel? How do you what was the difference between tonight and Wednesday night when the Cardinals couldn't get over a a poor Pitt Panthers team? Yeah, I think they led, uh, I think North Carolina led three to nothing. And, you know, after that, Louisville led the rest of the way. So it really, that was the best thing about it is it was very decisive. But, you know, I think I was thinking a little bit a while ago, if I would allow myself to kind of view this game a little bit more objectively, I may have gave Louisville more of a chance. Uh, Nobody certainly expected this. Um, This was uh, a lot to do with Louisville, something to do with North Carolina. But this is a North Carolina team um, that, reminds me a lot of like old Louisville teams when they struggled offensively, they weren't able to get in transition. Louisville dominated on the boards. I mean, they only won the rebounding battle by a few. It looks like, it looks like nine, but they, they pretty much dominated a really good North Carolina rebounding team. So I think that was kind of the biggest difference is that North Carolina never got to run. And once Louisville kind of took that out of them, they got frustrated and then it kind of just ballooned from there. No question. Yeah. As you mentioned, you know, the very first, I think North Carolina hit a three, right? First possession, then Louisville hit it, matched it, hit a three, and it was off to the races from there. And exactly what you said, the first thing that jumps out to you is Louisville really dominated on, on, on rebounding. And it's something that, uh, that Jay Billis mentioned early on, um, in the, in the broadcast was that North Carolina is going to get a lot of offense rebounds. They're going to get a lot of second chance opportunities. They're going to get a lot of defensive rebounds, easy transition opportunities. And the Louisville defense was just there from the start. And we saw the first five, 10 minutes from a Louisville basketball team. We've been begging to see in a while. We haven't seen in a long time. And it was immediately clear that Chris Mack's message of toughness, of effort was there. And I'm just I'm astounded. I mean, let's be clear, Chris. We said at the end of the last episode, if you if you listen to the last episode, we said at the end, there's no way this team is going to win this game. Yeah, there was zero chance of that. I think even more testament to, to Mac is there wasn't really a whole lot of systematic changes on defense. It's just, it goes to show you how much intensity and effort can really change a game. Absolutely. And I, I think the guards were really locked in from the get go. I think Christian Cunningham um, was spectacular on both ends. Once, I mean, there's a lot of other players we'll have to get to because Dwayne Sutton, you know, Stephen Enoch, but I think Christian Cunningham didn't miss a shot was great defensively. Um, it all really started with uh, keeping North Carolina's guards in front of them, um, which right. they obviously didn't do against Pittsburgh at all. It certainly helped that, you know, um, Kobe White went to the bench pretty early with two fouls, but even nobody was ever really able to get go with them from their guard play. And that was a big thing, too. 
Yeah, the, defensively, the effort was 100% there. And it's just like you said, you know, we were really concerned after that Pittsburgh game that uh, the guards for Pittsburgh were able to get to the rim with relative ease, uh, really, really easy buckets they were getting. And Louisville denied every opportunity for, for North Carolina. And they denied a lot of chances that they had, you know, even when when there were opportunities for North Carolina at the rim, they didn't finish him. And a lot of, you know, some of that is North Carolina, but I think a lot of that was Louisville. Uh, they were on top of guys. They caused fouls they um you know deflected the ball a ton they turned north carolina over a ton and north carolina does turn the ball over a lot but 15 times i mean even for this louisville defense that you know they're 200 they're 301st in turnover percentage on defense before this game that hasn't been updated um that's ken palm hasn't been updated yet just checking in actually just got updated so yeah they're 291st in defensive turnover percentage and they were able to do that a ton against north carolina so you can say I mean, everyone is joking on the at UNC Barstool account. You know, those guys suck, but they're like, oh, you know, uh, UNC lost this game. Louisville didn't win it. And obviously that person's not watching the same game. They're just mad online that their team got whooped on national television. But Louisville, um, it did. I could see almost if you're a North Carolina partisan, how you feel like your team didn't show up. But Louisville prevented them from getting the opportunity to show up. Yeah. So it was just as much Louisville effective. And, you know, obviously Louisville comes out. I think they made their first nine shots, um, several of them threes. You know, when you get off to that hot of a shot, it can definitely, you know, throw a throw a wrench in your plan. But beside, even after that huge flurry of shots, Louisville still looked fantastic defensively and a lot of times offensively. You know, if you want to say that about North Carolina, that's fine. I thought for the first half they were decent. I didn't think they were really great. But if you want to say that about Louisville, you can also talk about how, you know, they outshot Louisville from the free throw line, something that no team has really done this season. Uh, you know, Louisville was 16 of 26 from the free throw line this year. They're shooting almost 85% as a team right. from the stripe. Um, Louisville, they're still, you're still looking for a game for, you know, Darius Perry was really the only one who didn't really have a great game today. That could have been another place where they could have improved. Right. And even, you know, 14 turnovers. So there were things that even Louisville played tremendous and there's things they, they could have done better too. Right. And I do want to say, I mean, Darius Perry, you know, only had three points, but he only had one turnover and right. you know, he didn't, he didn't play a whole lot. Um, but he, but it was significant to me. And I thought there were several times Perry actually played 19 minutes. So pretty good, you know, only one turnover compared to what he's been in the past. And one thing about him that really stuck out was there were several, several opportunities for him to play, um, you know, or to, to, throw errant passes. And there were a couple possessions where I, I felt like he was about to turn the ball over and he made the right decision. So it almost feels like maybe it's starting to turn for him. Um, and it, but I thought, you know, offensively, obviously, he wasn't 100 percent there um, and is still working on it. But I thought he he wasn't a, an all around negative. There were like two bonehead plays. One of them ended up just being he had to get a shot out. Um, the, the clock was the shot clock was running down and he just sure. threw a really ill-advised shot. But, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Dwayne Sutton, who hands down was the MVP of this game, 17 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, you know, close to a triple double, uh, 30 in 38 minutes, six of 11 from the field. Didn't turn the ball over once uh, Four he had a four steals to that. Like, it's just, wow. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah I mean, I think the, I think the 10 rebounds, seven assists thing um, is something that, 
is great, but it's almost something at this point we've came to expect from Sutton. Um, but the scoring out, outbursts and the kind of the way he scored them um, was more impressive to me, honestly, because he, he was able to get the ball in spots and he was able to drive. And that's that's a threat that, you know, Louisville hasn't really had. We thought that was going to be VJ King with this team, but it hasn't been the case. And when Dwayne Sutton can do that, it opens up the floor for everyone. It opens up the floor for Jordan Awar. It opens it up for Stephen Enoch. It opens it up for, you know, shooters like Ryan McMahon or even Darius Perry. And that's a big thing. And that's something that we should watch going forward is if, you know, Louisville wants to put him in positions to take people off the dribble, because I think that would be a very, you know, smart move for them to to do. Right. And defensively um, as well, Sutton was fantastic. Um, Nasir Little ended up playing a pretty good amount. He he was the primary defender on Nasir Little, uh, played pretty well. Luke May was one of six from from three. I know um, Sutton was on him a lot. And um, it, it just... It only had nine points, Luke May. It's just I, you can go so many different directions in breaking down this game because from top to bottom, it was just pure domination right. from this Louisville team. And again, that's something we haven't seen. And it almost feels like this is a potential turning point. Um, effort has been a problem for this team the past three games, probably four games going back to uh, Robert Morris. And to come into the Dean Dome, and dominate like this and and force ESPN to throw the game to ESPN news. You you whoop them so bad. I'm I'm just floored. I'm almost at a loss for words. And what a what a difference, as you said at the top of the show, what a difference um, from this feeling we had going late night on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, we we have to talk about Stephen Enoch. Yeah, um, let's yeah, go ahead. As much of on this podcast, I've said that I wanted to meet, see Malik Williams over him more often, and I still sort of stand by that. But I think this game was very important for Steve, Stephen Enoch's confidence. Um, he was he played. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I just lost him. Actually, it was nineteen and nine, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's in 27 minutes. So that's almost a bucket, a point and a half every minute that he played, yeah. and that's we haven't seen Stephen Enoch do that against a big time team. And I mean, that that changes it changes the ceiling and what this team can be if he's able to give that effort consistently. Yeah, I'm sorry, he was 17 11. Okay. Um, you know, seven to three from the field. Um, hell, even even knocked down a three pointer. Uh, right. No, I'm I'm right there with you, Chris. And and we, I think we had been going into this debate between the two bigs, um, really favoring Malik just because we hadn't seen this from Stephen Enoch. I think he had a big game against. Um, I want to say Vermont, maybe it was, it was a team that the last time he had like over 15 points was against one of those earlier home games. And we were hoping that that was going to be what, what clicked the switch for him, uh, what set him off for the rest of the season. And I think this is hopefully going to be that game. And I think Louisville is in a unique position where, um, if Enoch keeps this up and if Williams plays, you know, more like he did against against Miami, that they have two unique bigs, bigs that they can play in two different ways. Enoch can overpower smaller teams and Williams can be the finesse guy when they're having trouble with size. And um, I'm, I'm excited and I'm hoping Chris Mack, I, I imagine um, he'll continue to tinker with this lineup at the five. I don't I don't see one guy dominating yeah. the minutes. Um, I mean, you know, Williams played 12 minutes despite starting. Um, it's definitely going to be who the hot hand is for sure. Yeah, 
I think it's good to look at it that way. I, I think the difference would help Enoch a lot today, as I said, is that Dwayne Sutton was able to open up the floor. So right. teams weren't able just to, you know, clog um, and more. They had to treat Dwayne Sutton as both a three-pointing shoot threat and off the dribble threat. And, and I think that gave him opportunities um, that we haven't seen too much. Uh, he's He was in a lot more one-on-one positions. North Carolina didn't really double him at all, which is the first team I've seen not to do that. Usually they've waited him for him to take a dribble um, and, you know, kind of go after him. But the big thing from him today, he was just so much quicker. He was so much more decisive in his right. offensive moves. And that, that really stood out to me. But the, the key for this team going forward is, you know, what happens next? You've got, you've got a game coming home against Boston college. Um, pretty easy game. Uh, one of the easier games you're going to get in ACC play. Kai in Bowman. Fact, the, yeah. In fact, the, t- the, the top percentage chance of winning for the rest of the season, according to Ken Palm, 87%. That's yeah, the best chance you're going to get of the win for the rest of the year, apparently. So does Louisville come out in that game like they did against Miami, or do they come out in that game like they did against, you know, today? Um, and this this Boston College game, you know, Georgia Tech on the road after that, you take care of those two teams if you're going to go beat North Carolina at the Dean Dome by 20 points. Completely agree. And as, as we said Wednesday night, uh, this Louisville team doesn't need to lose a game for the rest of January. You got Boston College at home, Georgia Tech away, uh, North Carolina State at home, who I don't I don't recall if they ended up losing that game. They were struggling against Pittsburgh at home. North Carolina um, State won by five. They won by, yeah, 86 to, to 80 six, by yeah. six. So, you know, that's that's a team that will be a borderline top 25 team, a chance to get another ranked win. Um, I do think I do want to mention, I do think Louisville, you know, I of course they dominated, I, you know, from you know, for for all 40 minutes. But I do think that North Carolina having, uh, you know, kind of a real big bout against North Carolina State on Tuesday and an emotional win uh, that probably had a little bit to do with them being flat. Um, but even so, like I said, they just, you know, I was worried from um, the end of the first half where things I think they cut it down to nine at one point. I was like, OK, here the North Carolina run. They're going to even this game out. They might be down by three or five at halftime. Right. And and Louisville prevented that. And they came out in the second in the second half. And, you know, it wasn't quite the nine straight made shots start that they had in the first, but they really prevented UNC from making, you know, making inroads on that lead any further. There are, and go ahead. There, there are a few moments where you should you should kind of just look at things and kind of credit them directly to Chris Mack and the culture change he's already made. And one was when they started pretty poorly against Seton Hall on the road and they came back strongly and, you know, closed that one out. Um, Even in a loss against Pittsburgh, them going on a 17-2 run to put it in overtime was damn impressive. Um, That Pitt team may be a little bit better than we thought initially. They did give NC State a game as we just stated today. Um, and then today, that the end of that first half, they looked like they were holding on by a thread. Um, and it was really very there – was, there was a potential for sure for North, North Carolina to come out of the second half and kind of just steamroll them, and that didn't happen. And those are three things that you can kind of point to to say that, you know, Chris Mack is already putting his, his fingerprints all over this program and kind of the culture of toughness. No, absolutely. And and this is a game that we'll point to. And we pointed to that that Michigan State game as well in sort of the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, just a real great coaching performance. I, I thought he did a really good job rotating guys. Um, I thought, you know, the he I, I always get concerned for the usage of Ryan McMahon in these types of games where he's dealing okay. with more athletic guys. I thought he did a great job. Um 
you know, playing him 14 minutes, getting him an opportunity to knock down two threes, uh, getting him to the line and a few opportunities and then rotating in Quan four, who started the game, played 19 minutes, of course, only had two points, but was fantastic defensively for me and was the other half of that Christian Cunningham front line that was preventing the North Carolina guards, quick, quick guys at, at getting to the rim, you know, that's a quiet stat line, a quiet two points, but for uh, just just as important as as Christian Cunningham in ensuring that North Carolina wasn't wasn't going to get back into this game. Yeah, I wish I could find um, a box plus minus um, a game <laughs> log of box plus minuses just for each individual player, because I would guarantee you that Kwan four was in the top three of the players on the court today. Uh, I think you'd go probably go sudden Enoch and Kwan four, because I, I think that's the move you're going to see going forward. Um, you obviously don't need Kwan Ford to, to score really at all. Um, but you need him to get to be that first line of defense and that that didn't happen against Pittsburgh. And that's probably the biggest difference today. They stayed in front of the guards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, where else do we go from here? It's just like, there's so much, there's so much we could talk about. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts because <laughs> I just didn't expect it. I just, no, you know, like <laughs> I just you, didn't expect it. <laughs> as a fan, you always go through these scenarios in your head of the ways your team can win. And I never really found myself even considering it today. I, what I wanted to see was a little compete hard in the glass, not turn over the ball too much, um, and, you know, stay in the game throughout. But this is just uh, way beyond my wildest beliefs. So, yeah, I mean, there's not really much more to say. Yeah, you just I think you just hope that this is the Louisville team you see for the rest of the season. I, I think going forward, uh, that's definitely the concern is, you know, they, they have played like this. They played like this against Michigan State and Seton Hall. And then, uh, you know, two weeks later, they're, you know, they have a lazy start against Kent State, a lazy start against Robert Morris and, you know, a flat, flat performance against Kentucky. So you hope kill, can we just kill the narrative? about the lack of talent on this team. They have talent. They're not very deep, but you know, the guys that they put on there, Malik Williams can play. Stephen Enoch can play. Jordan Nawar can play. Dwayne Sutton can play. Christian Cunningham can play. They're not NBA guys. I think Dwayne Sutton could find his way on an NBA roster. And I think Stephen Enoch could find his way on a roster. Jordan Nawar is probably pretty iffy in my book. And Christian Cunningham is pretty iffy in my book, but they are good college basketball players. Absolutely. I think that narrative just needs it needs a disappear. And it's been less and less, but it, it's worth acknowledging it. But I really, yeah, I really don't have much else on this. Yeah, I don't think I don't think talent is going to be the issue, and, and I don't think talent is going to be the problem going forward. Depth could be, you know, as as you mentioned, it's going to be execution. It's going to be if um, it's is this the team that shows up? Is the team that's making shots, hustling after rebounds? Um, you know making concerted effort to turn, turn other teams over, you know, defensively things were, you know, things were looking really rough for the defensive footprint for this team. As I mentioned, the turnover percentage really tough. Um, you know, they weren't doing a great job of, uh, of, of protecting the rim of allowing field goals. So this is exactly what you wanted to see. This is the exact response, the perfect response to that Pittsburgh matchup. And, you know, even since we've talked into Pittsburgh, 
match up the the um, the net rankings have been updated, and that's not that it's just a quadrant one loss. So it's looking like that might not be as bad of a loss, you know, even though you know optics wise and our history and our with Pittsburgh that felt really tough, and I still feel like that was that was a game that Louisville had to win that should have won in in any respect. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel as bad anymore. But this is the type of game we said, you know, we said after you lose to Pittsburgh, you got to steal one. They stole one. And this is the type of performance you want to see in February. So I just hope and, and pray that this is the squad that we see in those tough matchups home and away in that gauntlet of games. Yeah, I'll add one more note now that I see that Ken Palm has updated before this game. I uh, think they were in the 80s defensive ratings, right? And they've moved all the way up to 61st. So yeah. that should tell you just how impressive this performance was today. They're actually one spot ahead of Seton Hall, which is you know pretty funny. They kind of statistically have a lot of similarities as a team, but yeah, um, that should that should tell you a lot about how they performed today uh, defensively and just how big of a switch it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and going back to what you said about talent, like this is a tournament team. Jay Billis said it. We said this is a team that if they execute, will, should, absolutely has to make the tournament. And That's, if they and if they don't, ahead. it's it's okay to label it as a failure. Or yeah, yeah. But it's no, been I, clear that this team has the talent. You beat Michigan State. You play Tennessee very well. You really do beat Marquette, but we won't go there. Um, and you beat Seton Hall on the road. Not a day. They they should make the tournament. Yeah, they have to. They have to. Um, in my in my opinion, they have to make the tournament. Uh, it's going to be hard, um, but I think they can do it. So they don't. Uh, Louisville does not play again until Wednesday, as we mentioned. It's Boston College. We get a nice run of games. Five more games left in January. Any changes to the record? What you what you what do you see the record being before we head out? Any any changes in your expectations? Record? How they no, do the tournament? I mean, let me let me pull up the Louisville best, the schedule game. So there's Georgia tech, NC state. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel the same. I, I think they really have a good opportunity to win every game, um, in January. Uh, I think they should win every game in January. Yeah, to be I think quite frank with you. I think yeah. North Carolina state is a game. They match team. They match up very well with. Um, and yeah, I, I give them every opportunity to do so. I think, you know, if they do that, we'll really be looking at, probably Pittsburgh again, just because that'll be a game where we're going to look like and be like, man, we could have been a six six seed or we could have been a five seed or something like that. Um, but yeah, as far as it relates to the rest of January, I fully expect them uh, to win the remaining games on that slate. And I think they should. Absolutely. And just looking at Ken Palm, you know, looks like they're pretty, right now they're seventh in the ACC after that performance, which, you know, of course, they were picked 11th. Um, this is obviously an efficiency uh, yeah. efficiency figures. Um, so now nah, it's 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 what we said. It's I will be curious be to see that. Uh, I will be curious to see the Vegas spread for Louisville NC State. Yeah. I think they. I think Vegas has even had a kind of a hard time pegging this team. They were uh, twelve and a half point point underdogs a day. Um, I think they were <laughs> quite a, quite a flip. <laughs> yeah, well, they were three point favorites against Pittsburgh, so they seem to have a little bit of more intel on that game. But yeah, just out of curiosity, I would lo- I love to see that one. Yeah, well, for sure. I'm sure we've been getting those lines like, uh, you know, 24 hours before the game. Um, And with that, Chris, you know, I think I think that'll about do it for us today. Um, We look forward to 
you know, watching this team for the rest of the month and seeing how they perform before we get into that brutal, brutal stretch of February. But it's hard not to walk away from this happy and excited and stoked. Just um, enjoy the rest of your day, Cardinals fans. Um, And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening in.